0: Brace yourself and buckle up. You are about to hear a life-changing, history-making, world-defining message from the New Birth Podcast. Tell everybody you know, things will never be the same. Matthew 26, verse 40. Once you found it, won't you say, I got it. If you can't find it, say, Lord, help me. Matthew 26 and 40 My daughters were here last week They said, Daddy, how come you say You're just going to preach for a little while (laughs) So for a little while If you'll look at Matthew 26 uh, Verse 40 Then he returned to his disciples And found them sleeping Couldn't y'all keep watch with me for just one hour? He returned to his disciples, he found them sleeping and he asked them, couldn't you just watch for just one hour? You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm gonna preach today using as a subject, it won't take long, it won't take long. I I need you to encourage who you're sitting beside. Tell them, whatever you've been praying for, it won't take long. Look at the person on the other side and say, whatever you've been waiting for God to do, it will not take long. If you need God to hurry up and do it, would you give God glory right now? It won't take long. I want to introduce you today to uh, something called the 5-Hour Rule. Do you write that down? The 5-Hour Rule is a blueprint used by billionaires across the globe that shows you how to turn a wasted day into a successful one. The 5-Hour Rule. The conceptualizer deduced that there are 24 hours in a day and the average person is in bed for eight hours, just leaving 16 hours to work with. Out of that 16 hours, then nine hours are given to work, to commuting, to eating, errands and administration. And after those nine hours, you are still left with five hours. Those five hours go largely squandered to Netflix, texting, idling, and gossiping. Those who do not master their five hours will never be innovators, impactors, or influencers. The five-hour rules suggest that of every day that you have, you should lend one hour a day to learning, reflecting, praying, and thinking. You got 24 hours in a day, five of them are free, and one of those hours should be for your development. It is a principle that your pastor lives by. It's a discipline that has exemplars from Oprah Winfrey to Elon Musk counted as its disciples. Just one hour a day enlarges your mind, improves your skills, cultivates your creativity and reinforces your discipline. I have to ask you a question. Don't you think you are worth the investment of giving, hear this, your future and our? I'm asking you that you will put into practice for the balance of this year, the five-hour rule. For those of you who are under covenant of new birth, those of you who are friends of this ministry, I'm going to give you the blueprint of how it is that you can master the five-hour rule. Put it on the screen, even right now, I need you to pull out your phone. I want you to scan this QR code. It's going to go straight to your phone as to how it is that you can operate, how it is that you can function, how you can learn the discipline of the five hour rule. Those of you who are online, if you will text NB notes, N B notes to five four. Two four four. You'll text NB Notes to 54244. Our boomers who may have difficulty, just pass your phone over to one of our young people. They'll scan it for you. There it is. Some of y'all are having difficulty. Uh, text NB Notes to 54244 so that you can get the blueprint for. The five-hour rule. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to have it. Not only do I want you to have it, but I want you to master it because I need you to hear this. The arch enemy of faith. Somebody please write this down. The arch enemy of faith, hear this, is time. Time is the enemy of faith. The people who are the most impatient, you're not going to believe it, the most impatient people on the planet are anointed people. Anointed people have a problem with patience. Why, Pastor? Because God gives you the vision and never gives you the delivery day. So you have the vision and you assume falsely that what he has shown you will come tomorrow. And Then when it does not come, your faith begins to falter and you begin to question, did God really mean that for me? Trying to decipher and discern Kronos versus Kairos. So we're believing in our minds that it has to happen by December 31st because we are judging our miracle by our clocks and not doing it in accordance to God's timetable. Where it is that you are now is not where you saw yourself. But God had a plan, he had a schedule, and he had a timetable. When you carry a heavy assignment It is hard to decipher between your darkest hour and your finest hour. Pastor, say that again. When you carry a heavy assignment, it's hard to decipher between your darkest hour and your finest hour. Because sometimes your darkest hour is just before your finest hour. In any event, the clock started ticking for Jesus in Matthew 26. In Matthew 26, Jesus had just finished teaching. And the chief priest at the church plots to kill him. He just finished doing the work of God. And as soon as he finishes, read Matthew 26 when you get home, that's when immediately they come up with a plot. How can we get rid of him for doing his assignment? I mean, Matthew 26, Jesus trying to find an escape from all of his stress. Right after he learns of the plot of those who are trying to kill him, Jesus goes to a dinner party. When he goes to a dinner party, a woman breaks into the party who did not receive an invitation. She comes into the dinner party and nobody checked at the door, so she was able to sneak in with an alabaster box. She sneaks in with an alabaster box, breaks the box, y'all not going to believe it, and then begins to anoint his feet with oil. Now that doesn't make any sense to you until you remember what it is that was declared in Genesis chapter 3 that the sole of your feet will crush the head of the serpent. Now I need you to pull it all together. There is a plot that is going on to kill Jesus and in the next verse he goes to a dinner party and his feet are anointed with oil. Pastor, why am I telling you that? I'm telling you that because when the enemies start coming, the oil starts flowing. Say it again. When the enemies start coming, then the oil starts flowing. Hear this, ladies and gentlemen. The plots against you are not stronger than God's plan. Conspiracies cannot contend with your consecration. The same day they set up to assassinate you is the same day God set up to anoint you. How your day started is not how your day is going to end. I can't hear nobody. The enemy don't even understand that the moment you put my name out your mouth,
1: God began to put my name in angels' hands, and God began countering the attack that was against my life.
0: After he gets anointed, Hear this. I need you to watch what happens. Read Matthew 26 in your devotion. There is a plot to kill Jesus. After there's a plot to kill Jesus, his feet are anointed with oil. And after he is anointed, hear this, he feels pressure. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. You can be anointed and still be under pressure. That There there are people who believe falsely that because you are anointed you shouldn't have any stress, you shouldn't have any anxiety, you shouldn't have any worry, come on in here. Uh, But there are those of you who are in this room that know, I know I got the oil of God, but sometimes I still can't sleep. I know that I've got a future and an assignment, but there are some days it's hard for me to focus and to concentrate. I need God to help me with the pressure. Some of y'all who are looking stuck up and act like you ain't never had a day that was pulling you hither and yon, but you needed God to ground you. The reason why the enemy can't stand you is you learned what a
1: lot of people in here don't know what to do is how to praise him under pressure. If you are under pressure right now, hold on musician, if you are under pressure right now, but the joy of the Lord is still your strength. I dare to open up your mouth and praise Him under pressure. Hallelujah.
0: I'm anointed. There are systems afoot that are trying to kill me, and I am now feeling the pressure. He says the only thing I can do now with all the pressure that I'm under, the only thing I can do now is pray. And he takes Peter, James, and John with him and he confesses to them while being the Savior of the world. He says to Peter, James, and John, I feel anxious. Your real friends are the people you can be transparent with. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Your your real tribe are those who you ain't got to put on airs or a front or a filter. But you can tell them, you know what? I ain't feeling myself right now. I feel like I'm trying to break. I need you to pray for me right here. I ain't got time
1: for no phony friends where I always got to perform and audition. I need some folk that'll love me when I'm getting ready to crumble and crack and break and can see me in spite of what I'm dealing with,
0: says to Peter, James, and John, I know y'all saw me anointed, but I'm feeling anxious, and I'm feeling stressed, because there's stuff out here that's trying to get me killed, oh my God, the enemy's after me, and everywhere I look, the enemy just keeps showing up. Are you trying to figure out why did he ask Peter, James, and John to pray for him? He didn't ask him to pray for him. He asked him to watch. God, help me. I need you looking out for me. God, help me. Don't you think that you can handle everything by yourself? You need somebody that can look out for you ladies and gentlemen why would they need to watch they would need to watch because Jesus' jesus's feet just got anointed god help me and because his feet got anointed y'all not finding what just happened watch this everywhere he walked he left footprints god help me because the oil was now on his feet I'm waiting on somebody. The Lord said to Joshua, every place the sole of your feet shall
1: tread upon. I'm getting ready to give it to you. Hey, I need you to look at your neighbor, tell him whatever you step on this week, you got authority over wherever room you step in. You better act like you own the joint because your feet are anointed. Says, I need you to watch because
0: there's stuff out here trying to kill me. Stuff out here that's trying to stop my assignment. There's stuff out here that's trying to block the glory of God that's on my life. He says, I need you to watch while I pray. Jesus goes a little bit further than them. Falls on his face and he begins praying and he looks up and he sees the three Negroes he trusted, <laughs> who's supposed to have my back, supposed to be looking out for me. The three of them are nodding off. They're nodding off, and Jesus is immediately incensed. And I asked the Three
1: Stooges, can't y'all just stay up for an hour?
0: He don't even wait on their answer. He goes right back into prayer. He prays a second time and the Bible says he looks out from his peripheral vision. See, they done gone to sleep again. And this time, he don't even bother to wake them because he could not let their incompetence mess with his focus. I'm preaching to me, that wasn't even for you. I can't let other people's incompetence mess with my focus.
1: I can't force you to be accountable and responsible. At this point, I got to do what I know is best for me in order to get the job done."
0: All he asked was for one hour, and they couldn't even take a Mountain Dew, couldn't drink a Red Bull, couldn't shake themselves off. To stay up for 60, 60 minutes. Their faith was so frail that they really didn't believe anything meaningful could happen in an hour. Say, so what, what difference does 60 minutes make? We can just sleep for an hour. But the three of them, like many of you, have forgotten that it don't take God long. They forgot about Matthew 8. In Matthew 8, a centurion came to Jesus and said, My servant is at home paralyzed and suffering terribly in their body. They are racked in pain. They're not with me. They're at the house. Jesus asked, do you want me to come to the house and heal them? He replied, you don't even have to come to my house. All you have to do is send the word. And they will be healed. I'm in Matthew chapter 8. Y'all don't want to read verse number 13. Verse number 13 says, and in that
1: hour every person who lived in that house that had sickness in their body begin to walk up saying they feel no pain in their body. Some of y'all are in the short bus. It is at 1048. God help me. I speak over whoever lives in your house that by 1149 Whatever pain is in their body, or y'all ain't saying nothing in here, they shall be healed. Can you not trust him for one hour?
0: You may be seated. You may be seated. Huh. Not because of the sick person's faith, but because of the person who went to Jesus. Hallelujah, I dare you to just look down your row and tell them family members are gonna be healed in one hour. Hallelujah. I don't know where my
1: worshipers are. But God said, pain is coming out of their knees. It's coming out of their back. Y'all ain't saying nothing. It's coming out of their chest. It's coming out of their neck. Arthritis is coming out of their hair. Can you trust him for one hour?
0: They, they, They didn't think anything of significance could happen in one hour. Cause they forgot what happened in Matthew chapter eight. Turn the page. They forgot what happened in Matthew chapter nine. There's a woman who got an issue of blood for 12 years who thought to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. God, I wish I had a Bible church. I believe I can be made whole. Y'all not reading Matthew chapter nine, verse 22? The Bible says, and when she touched him, come on, I can't hear nobody, within one hour, everything in her body began to operate in alignment is women's Sunday. I need every woman to lay hands on your womb. The same miracle that happened in Matthew 9 is getting ready to happen for you. God said in one hour I'm healing ruptured ovaries.
1: I'm healing thyroids and polycystic ovaries. I'm healing fallopian tubes. I'm healing uterine fibroids. Y'all ain't saying nothing. I'm healing you of cervix cancer. I'm healing you of uterine polyps. He said, if you give me glory, I'm going heal you from irregular cycle. He said, whatever is happening in your reproductive organs, watch me heal it in one hour. You ain't gotta shout for it, but what You scream for your sister that within one hour, whatever is happening in her womb is about to be here. You ought to shout for it like God can do it in an hour. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: You may be seated, they forgot. The one that was healed at the house in Matthew 8. They forgot the woman who got healed of all of her female issues in Matthew 9. And they conveniently didn't recall Matthew 15. When Jesus was leaving a region and a Canaanite woman came out crying for divine intervention because a demon had possessed her child. The disciples were trying to get her removed because she wasn't a member of the church but the mother was relentless. Finally, Jesus said, Matthew 15, verse 28, watch what Jesus says. He said, woman, you have great faith. Your child, I hope y'all don't tear this church up. Your child is free from all demonic activity. (laughs) God, I can't hear nobody. Within one hour, I don't know where the screamers are. Whatever
1: spiritual bondage your children have been in they are getting ready to come out of it. He said, if you open up your mouth in one hour, every satanic assignment is canceled. If you lift up your voice, every soul tie is dissolved. If you cry out loud, every curse is broken. If you yell, every hex is unlocked he said if you open up your mouth your sons and your daughters will prophesy i break the hand of the enemy you can't have my child you can't have my son if you lift up your voice they coming off of drugs god is breaking that spirit off of them he's pulling them out of that relationship they gonna get back no weapon that is formed against your child shall be able uh, I, 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 I give it quote I don't know why y'all ain't screaming I declare over your life that by 1154 your child's attitude is gonna change when you open up your mouth they're gonna be responsible they're gonna be accountable they're gonna be dutiful they're gonna flow in discipline shout for the breakthrough i give you a call i give you a call hey Oh. oh, I dare you to lay hands on your belly I need to hear a sound in this room Would you open up your mouth I need you to travail for your grandchildren Open up your mouth for your niece and for your nephew I need you to cry out loud for your best friend's kid Satan the blood of Jesus is against you (gasps) Satan thank you holy God I give you gold I give you gold hey I give you gold hallelujah hallelujah
0: hallelujah Be seated. I gotta show you something. Be seated if you will. I gotta show you something. Thank you, Holy God. I gotta show you something. I don't want you to miss it. There is a deep abiding contrast between what happens in the Old Testament and what happens in the New Testament. In Genesis, we find an instance but the angel of the Lord visited Abraham. When he visited Abraham, he said to Abraham, watch this, I know you and your wife have been trying and have not been able to conceive. And the man of God prophesied to Abraham and said, by next year this time, you will have a baby in your hands. I can't hear no worshipers in here. And that's where you learn from Sunday school that Sarah laughed. Hallelujah, cause she didn't think it was gonna happen in a year. Fast forward and you go to the book of Kings. In the book of Kings we find a prophet by the name of Elijah. And Elijah says this woman has been good for us, what can we do for her that she does not have? Says that woman, she's got everything, professional success, economic prowess, but she's not been able to give birth to a child. And the man of God, Elijah, prophesied and said, by next year, this time, whatever that woman does not have, she will have it in her hands. I'm waiting for the women of New Birth to hear what I just said. By next year, this time, whatever that woman does not have, she will have it in her hands. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the language of the Old Testament that by next year, this time, you will have it. If you do an autopsy on the New Testament, never once do you ever hear Jesus tell anybody by next year, this time. Y'all ain't saying nothing. When Jesus shows up, time begins to shift. It no longer takes
1: a year, here's my screamers, it takes an hour. I can't hear nobody. God said, whatever you thought you were going to get next year, if you give me glory, I'll start releasing it in an hour. He said, if you magnify me, y'all ain't saying nothing. I will confirm it for you through signs and wonders within the hour. All right.
0: Hallelujah. My time is almost up. I need you to take that neighbor by the hand real quick. I gotta show you something, I gotta show you something. In the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, by next year this time, in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, watch this, within the hour, it is going to come to pass. God, I can't hear nobody. I need you to pull on your neighbor, telling me it ain't gonna take God long now. I wish I was at new birth. I wish you would pull on somebody else and tell him it ain't gonna take God long now. That, that That's the wrong neighbor. Would you say it to yourself and say it ain't gonna take God long now? Watch this before the physical manifestation of Jesus.
1: It took a year. Y'all ain't saying nothing in the presence of Jesus. It took an hour. But all of that was before the cross we are now on the other side of the cross and I now declare over covenant believers if you open up your mouth what used to take a year what used to take an hour if you praise him he'll start doing it in the next 60 seconds I need those of you that need a urgent miracle would you open up your mouth and shout out loud while on others thou art calling please don't pass me by i need you to speed up your pray. god said the quicker you praise me the quicker your miracle is coming the quicker you jump the quicker i'm breaking stronghold the quicker you holler the quicker i'm and bill let the redeemed of the law open up your mouth and shout like it's about to happen tick tock tick tock tick tock tick tock it's almost your time now you've been faithful over a few things but he's about to make you ruler over many hey, Make a way out of nowhere Hey up God Heal my body Hey up God And open up a door Hey up We got to go But would you give three people a high five And tell them it won't be long now time you get home it's gonna be news on your voicemail by the time you get to the car a text message is coming in you won't be long now I feel a shout right through here would you pull on that neighbor and tell him you better hurry up and praise her while you trying to figure it out? The Lord is already working it out. Here's my grandmother. How did you feel when you came out the wilderness? I felt like lifting him up. I just can't stop. with no music. How you gonna shout when you get the text message? How you gonna praise him when the package is at home? How you gonna lift him when there's a knock on the door? Somebody shout, it won't be long now. God, I feel something getting ready to break. Look at your neighbor, tell them you better sow into this environment. What used to take a year is about to take an hour. What used to take an hour is about to take a minute. You better flow in this. I
0: hope you are energized that you don't need an energy drink. What you just heard should have you off and running, chasing your dreams, pursuing your purpose, and answering your call. If this was a blessing, share it with somebody else. Don't be selfish. This is what God gave you so that you can be a blessing to somebody who needs it worse.